Um, do you want to roll the intro right in it or no? Are you just going to like chop it yourself? Sick. We, we can hit it right here. We'll, we'll see if it uh, crosses over. Um, you guys were hitting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see it. That's your didn't catch up. We have to care about the agents. <laughs> Screaming at a drag show, so put it right. On the right, I'm like, okay, the pizza boxes. Right. So we. <laughs> Yo, what's going on? We're back. I'm Todd, and we are here with Jamie Fowler. We are on the mic. We're talking about his integration to real estate, where he came from. Uh, he's taken over, kind of a cool job. Um, I don't want to call it a job. It's more like you were already involved and now we're just kind of like running them more intimately. So why don't you kind of tell us where you're from, kind of walk us into that, you know, unpack that. Sure, definitely. So I uh, grew up in Washington, D.C. Uh, my yeah. family's still there. Um, after high school, I went to college at Ohio University. I uh, spent a couple of years. Well, I spent the full amount of time there, but didn't graduate <laughs> sure. and uh, decided that I wanted to explore some other things. So um my now wife, then at that time girlfriend, and I moved to California. Uh, it was my yeah. goal in moving to California to get into the sneaker and fashion industry. Okay. Um, so, I mean, I kind of did the whole, I was <clears throat> reading a lot of books, which will parlay into uh, what this new, new role yeah. is. But um, so I was reading a lot of books, a lot of kind of self-help stuff, self-improvement stuff. Um, and they all kind of sing the same tune a lot mm -hmm. of the time, if you read enough of these things and you start hearing like if you want to do this you need to start by doing this and a lot of times it's like if you want to get all the way up to here you got to start all the way down here so right. i went to a shoe store in pasadena california um and i just was you know just selling shoes on the floor right. at the shoe store um sweeping floors at the end of the day and you know whatever i had to do to to kind of work my way up there i ended up being a key holder and then a buyer for the store sweet um, and then at that time i decided to with a, another guy at the store who was also, he was actually the head buyer and I was under him. Um, we decided to open our own store. And so in California, um, in, in LA, we had uh, a brick and mortar store. Um, and then the really like crazy idea behind our concept was to do basically like a taco truck, like a food truck. The food truck scene in LA at that time was just exploding. It right. was like 2011, 2010, 2011 time. So okay. it was like food trucks in general were just starting to really yeah, have a huge. moment yeah. and we were like all right well like let's kind of piggyback off of that idea but let's sell shoes and accessories out of a truck <clears throat> and we wanted to really be selling like you know the, the saturday jordan release right but we had to start somewhere and so right. we were selling i mean we had everything from new balance and converse um to a bunch of brands you probably haven't heard of so we had some big ones and we had some small ones and a bunch of accessories and some random art stuff like we sold crank markers because there was like a big like there's a big right. tagging scene in LA right, and you sure. get kids coming up to the truck and you'd sell a lot of that stuff um so it was a pretty cool idea it didn't we were young and made I think some you might have been from the sounds of it you might have almost been like too early yeah because I feel like now so many brands are doing like these pop-ups where like that would have been huge of like where's the truck today versus before it would have been like i'm not going to trace down with it but like now social media has grown and the release now like the shoe mark just the anything second resale market is just like exploded especially with stock x yep. you know and other brands like that goat all these other ones 
I think you might have just been too early. Yeah, you know, there's the, maybe that was part of it. Um, right. I, I can honestly admit that there was some mistakes on my end and some mistakes on my right. partner's end that ultimately led to um, the nail in the coffin was we actually got robbed. The store got broken into. And wow. we were having some issues and we were just like, all right, let's just take that as a sign for like instead of going it up. digging yeah. into another investor's pocket to try to keep this thing going, let's just like call it a day. And um, ultimately that led to me switching from buying shoes to sell at my own store to being a sales rep for a shoe brand that okay. sold two stores. Um, so a company called Clay, C-L-A-E. Mm -hmm. um, I was their director of sales for the U.S. for seven and a half years. All right. And uh, probably would have continued doing that if um, the, when the pandemic hit and my wife and I had just had a baby, we decided that we were going to um, leave California it was a good run. And, right. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so we made that tough decision and moved to Jacksonville Beach where she has family. Okay. And uh, we were kind of on the fence. She's got family in Tampa and family here. And then I have my family still in D.C. And so we were just kind of thinking, where is the best place for us to go? Right. And we kind of landed on Jack's Beach, m mostly due to the cost of living here. Yeah. Being better than sure. those other two places. And also um, wanting to be able to just literally be at the beach. Like DC didn't have that for us. And right. Tampa, I mean, to be at the beach yeah. in Tampa, good luck. Well, yeah, that and Tampa is such. So I started at the University of Tampa and learned very quickly that Tampa is a huge transplant city. So it is a lot of people from elsewhere. But yeah, that was like one of the first cities that's not Miami to pretty much the cost of living is just climbed so yeah. exponentially. I mean, now they have selling Tampa and all kinds of other stuff for sure. Uh, and then the Tom Brady boom. Yeah. And then the pandemic has just like layered it on. So and, I think it was a good choice. And, you know, coming from L.A., we're super OK with transplant cities. That's right. Probably the biggest transplant city out there. Yeah. Um, that in New York. But yeah, it's like the cost of living was one of the things we were trying to escape. Sure. Um, we owned a condo there. It was a little 625 square foot condo. We had right. just had a kid. Um, we were able to turn that into a four bed, two bath house, 10 blocks from the beach here in Jacksonville. So that, right. <laughs> and actually paid less for that than we did for the condo. The condo. So, That's yeah. wild. So you guys move here. That justifies the, you know, the, the relocation is obviously cost of living with the family, new, newborn that helps. How did you kind of, you're like, okay, let's call it you're in sales now. How did you switch from the shoe market to the housing market and what kind of like drew that decision? Like yeah. So I've always been in customer service related jobs. All my jobs have been mostly retail actually. And so I like that human connection. Yeah. Um, I, I missed it when I was like in between jobs, in between doing this and selling shoes. All online, I was doing I mean. online stuff. It was just me at the computer working on online with yeah. entrepreneur ideas that I had. And basically I was lonely. I was bored. <laughs> I didn't love it. So right. um, I, it, I was excited to get back out and join a company that, and the reason why I ended up here, actually a family member of mine, Riley, who works here. Okay. Um, she is a sister-in-law of mine and okay. she and uh, her, her now fiance Topher were working here and they told me about it. And I was like, you know what? This sounds like exactly what I want to do. And I'll explain why. Yeah. So the company I came from, great company, great people, loved every minute of it, but no structure, no processes, no, like this is how it's going to get done and it'll work this way. Every single time. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, when I came here and saw what their what, what was being built here, I was like, that's literally a 180 degree turn from what I was doing before, just because of all the structure that's here. And I wanted to see what that was like. And I wanted to be a part of a company that's growing really quickly and using technology and using, um, you know, just all the resources that it can have to its advantage. So Right. To even not only service the customer, but the agent, right? Yeah. We're like such a weird model where we're, 
customer centric and also agent centric in the sense that like you, someone who's tried to start business, like, could you imagine if you were starting your shoe business and someone came in and they're like, Hey Jamie, I'm going to bring a ton of customers. And then you just give me our split after the sales done. Like you don't have to pay me up front. It's only after that person checks out. Would you have taken that offer? 100%. Right. So now <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's the same thing, right? It's like an investor that's making sure and giving you all the tools to succeed. And I think that's why it's so unique because real estate's not like that. And almost any other industry is not like that because why would you? Yeah. And it's not something that somebody could just like one off and just be like, yeah, you know what? We figured we'd had a Saturday and we bought a house. It's like, no, people are just like, oh, we figured we'd have a Saturday and we went shopping. We bought shoes. Yeah. But now you're selling homes. It with the same business structure of like, okay, like I'm going to get people in your store. Now you kind of just have to close the deal with what you know. Yeah. And for me, it's like having a good conversation with somebody comes right. very naturally to me. So like, oh, you have to be on the phone in the mornings and make these calls. Okay. Easy. Sounds good. I yeah. like that. And mm -hmm. then getting face to face is like really where I can, I think I get to shine. And right. so setting appointments and meeting people at these homes, that's where you start to really like build that rapport and build those relationships that are probably going to last a lot longer than just their 30 day closing period. Like right. my, my goal is that, like, I mean, I, I have a few people I've already closed with that have invited me to barbecue at their new house and things like that. So, right. um, and to their child's, I mean, I have one, I haven't even closed a home with him yet. He invites me to his child's birthday party. So like, there's, these are things that like, yeah. I love that. And I came here knowing pretty much nobody other than family here and to, to now now have this net, pretty broad network of people that do all kinds of crazy different things in Jacksonville is really cool. Right. And that's what we always talk about. We always say, you know, your family and your friends, your sphere, I hate to say this, your fear kind of sucks, right? You don't want to always sell to your family and friends because you just kind of like loop the same thing. Let's say you sell to everybody in your family. Then what? You just start back yeah. at the top again. But that's what we're telling. It's like, hey, we're going to give you the layup of this kind of like meet people, close deals, not just like, I mean, shit, I could put you in a room with 100 people. Are all 100 people going to buy homes? I don't know. Hopefully. But, I'm saying, <laughs> but I don't know. It's easy to no. connect people, but it's yeah. more difficult to connect you with hot, piping hot leads yeah. of people who are interested in buying, which is what everybody, for the most part, you're talking to are people who have raised their hand saying, I am interested on this property or on some other property. I need help in some way. Yeah. So you're meeting them. You're paying a specific split on that. But I mean, what happens if you service those people to the best of your ability, five-star white glove experience, and then nephew, cousin, mother, aunt, uncle comes into town. Hey, we want to buy. We want to relocate. You got to use Jamie. It happens for sure. And I've only been here. This is my ninth month, and it's already happening. So this is, uh, I mean, that's I, another one of the perks of b being with the DJ and Lindsay team right. is that you get to build your business so much faster than if you were at brokerage X, Y, or Z. Right. Um, I mean, if you go to brokerage X, Y, or Z, they tell you, you call your sphere, like we were talking about. I d had no interest in doing that. First right. of all, I live in a city with no sphere. Right. So like, I'm and secondly, I talk to those people anyway, and now I'm going to call them again and be like, "So you want to buy a house now? Yeah, in a city you don't live in." And then again next week, like, <laughs> not not doing that. Like, yeah. I want my sphere to like me. So right. Yeah. Not, not trying to burn those bridges. For and sure. So it it was it was a really important thing to me to go somewhere where you do get leads and here at such an abundance of them. Right. Um. And it's just been such a good learning experience and, sure. and to be able to go from never selling a house and nine months later to I've closed on 14 and I have five pending one more coming in today, call it six. But yeah, it's uh that's wild. Well, it makes sense too, as we jump back to being a 
fast learner, a, you know, a, a dedicated learner, you've now taken on this role of heading up the Jacksonville Book Club because of the amount of hard work, trust, and I mean, they're always trying to reward the agents that go above and beyond. Yes, the successful ones too, that always is a perk, but it's somebody who's dedicating their time to either helping other people or just bettering themselves. So you just did your first one last week because we started at the beginning of April. Um, what's kind of what's the book we're, we're reading now and what are some kind of like key takeaways from either what's already been read or what you're looking forward to now that you kind of are in this role? Okay, so um, yeah, it's my first one officially as the head of book club in Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. I had helped out previously when we had a former agent here who was running it and she <laughs> would be out sometimes and I would step in. So I got my feet wet a little bit early on when I was still in mentorship actually. Mm -hmm. um, but to take over um, and work with Adam in the St. Augustine office to try to, to you know make book club more valuable to our agents here um, is a really cool experience. Right. So with that being said, I think the book that we're reading right now, Atomic Habits by James Clear, I've read this book already. This will be my, probably my, well, I've read it, listened to it, and now I'm listening to it again. So really third time reading it. Gone through. Um, it is probably one of the best books out there for self-improvement. And it really, really, really hones in on like making yourself better by 1% every day. Right. Um, it's about small micro habits that you can change throughout your day, like little one minute, two minute things that huge. you can do throughout your day that, that over time will have a huge impact on your life. And that can go either way. You can mm -hmm. make bad one minute, two minute habits that send you spiraling and in the wrong direction yeah. and Absolutely. it compounds the wrong way or vice versa. You make these little changes. You, like, let's use the example. I think James clearly uses this example frequently, but let's make the example of you're trying to get back in shape. That's a, right where I was going to go with it too. Most people like to work out in the mornings. Mm -hmm. So how can you get yourself to the gym in the morning or to go for a run in the morning? You can't make a habit of being a runner, but you can make a habit of getting up, putting your running shoes on and stepping out your front door. And that can take what, two minutes. Right. If you do that and step out your front door, I mean, 90% chance you're probably going to go, gonna go run or <laughs> yeah. go to the gym. Like yeah. you're not going to turn around and walk right back in your house unless oh, I did it. <laughs> something crazy happens. Yeah, but, right. Yeah. Well, that's it. Right. Inclement weather. But then at a certain point you become kind of addicted to it, which had happened to me. I started cycling a yes. lot. And at some point it was like, a, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I can't wait to do this. I can't wait to get back there. I can't wait to get to do this. Then the winter months come in. I get back into that. Like, okay, it's too cold. I don't want to ride inside. I have a road bike. Now I'm getting back into the, I can't wait to get back outside. I can't wait to cycle. I yeah. can't wait to do this again because yeah, I mean you ebb and flow and it's fine to do that, but that's it. Like if you just make the smallest adjustment to try and do something, get there, that can compound and make that snowball just grow and grow and grow. I think a really great quote is, and I'm going to have to verify this. It's like the Fox, the horse, the boy and the something, but the boy is standing, everybody's standing at the edge of a forest and the boy says, I can't see my way through to the other side. And the horse says, can you see your next step? And the boy says, yes. He goes, so then just take that, right? You don't always have to see the complete end of where you're going, but if you don't do anything, yeah, there's, then you're just right. Like, and I think that's people's biggest fear in order to get better is like, well, I don't want to take a step and have it be two steps back. But at some point you have to do something. Right. And I think that's a, that's a great kind of way to word is like, if you get up, Spend two minutes getting dressed, put your shoes on, and walk out the front door. Pretty good chance you're going to go running. Yeah. And, I mean, this this is, like, 
such small little changes that you can make <laughs> right. for such drastic big improvements in your life. And that's just one example that pertains to fitness and, he- and right, health. Right, for sure. There's, you can do these things in all aspects of your life. Right. And um, yeah, so hi- highly recommend this book if anybody out there hasn't read it. Definitely read it. Yeah, um, I definitely think we'll probably uh, throw like a link in the bottom um, because I always forget this, but this is sponsored by Audible. Our podcast is sponsored by yes. Audible. So we have a referral link that we'll you know, throw, throw it down there somewhere. Um, but yeah, I mean, this would be a great book to listen to now that you said you, this, you're going on time number two, listening to it, yep. having read uh, the first time, but you guys can, we're trying to figure out a way how people can kind of like jump into our book club. Cause I think it's just like a great tool that some people, I mean, they're always live streamed anyway. So it's like a great thing to kind of like jump in the discussion of, because yeah, I mean, you could not be in the housing market. You could be selling shoes yeah. and just want to be like, how, how do I bring my business to the next level? I want to be in a forum to communicate with people who have like-minded, you know, totally. of like growth, but I don't have anybody. I don't have yeah. a sphere. I've always read, I've always read books, but I've never been in a book club. Right. Now that I'm in a book club, I get to really talk about the book. It's like being in English class when you're in high school, right. you actually dive into these books and like really focus on each chapter. Well, and this time you're not, you don't care about the girl who's sitting next to you. Yeah. You're like focused on the actual book. you're actually book. reading a book you want to read. <laughs> right. Well, that too, right. Yeah. You're not reading like Shakespeare and you're like, honestly, I can't even understand half of this sentence. Yeah. So I'm not going to take the theme away, but that makes a lot of sense right now. You're like fully invested in it. It's something you enjoy yep. and it almost makes you, it's like watching a show, right? And you're like, you can't wait to see what happens next. And then when you do read, you're like, I can't wait to discuss that. Exactly. You know, next. Yeah. Um, we ran into each other a few months ago about NFTs, <laughs> which I thought was super <laughs> funny because both of us were just like, dude, what is the, like, I don't understand this at all. And like, since then I've done like some serious, pulled the Gary V and done like a solid 30 hours of YouTube and internet research. So I'm really starting to understand more the point of it. And I think it's more about like the blockchain and the transaction and like the NFT is just kind of like this digital token (laughs) um, that kind of allows that representation of like I'm vested in whatever this is going to be next. Right. And and that's what you just said is really what it is, is it's a way to – take something small like a jpeg of a monkey Mm -hmm. and sell that for money to people that believe in the cause of what the bigger picture for that company is right and so a lot of these are are ways to raise capital to be able to do bigger things so like let's say you wanted to start a streetwear brand or something you could create an nft if if you were able to make enough noise or you had influence and you or you had an influencer that could help you make enough noise about your brand you could raise enough money on your own through the sale of your NFT to be able to fund your your bigger project, which is a real tangible goods business. Right, and which is cool too, because a lot of people, so again, back to Gary V, Gary V is using it, his V friends is using it as a ticket um, to get into his VCon, which he's holding in like, man, I don't want to say Memphis, I think it's like somewhere in the Midwest, but it's inside of a stadium where he's going to have speakers and artists and all things happening, but that's the ticket to get in was the purchase of that. So now he at least projects it going into like, you know, you have an NFT, that's your only way you can eat in this specific restaurant. This is the way you get into this concert. This Mm -hmm. is the way you get into these Soho house, these things like that. But if you don't catch on early, and I think kind of back to what you were saying before we even started this podcast was so many people now are diluting it with like just getting an influencer on board and just like pumping it to their sphere that they're like almost ruining their own sphere because they're literally like, Hey, I'm vested in this. I like this. These guys are great. You buy it. And you're like, well, what came of this? Right. It's like, goes back to real estate. It's like who you work with matters. It's Mm -hmm. like, okay, just because you got this referral 
from you know this first one hand experience like oh you got to use Jamie you have because of the DJ and Lindsay team you have over 2000 five star reviews right your transaction coordinator is not just somebody right you you're using a, a local lender that allows the deals to close all mm -hmm. these things that line up that make your business and your reviews and everything about you that much stronger yeah and more credible yeah right which Definitely. is crazy because if you're like let's say I launched V friends and no one knew what it was. And then all, and just no sales. And all of a sudden you're like, Oh, well, Gary V is a part of it. Right. They'd go. Yep. So it's like, you're like, okay, well I'm looking, he only has, it's like three reviews and like one Facebook like, but he works with people that have 2000. They have all these off market properties. They've all right. It's just like, it's, it's tying it back to retail. It's building the social proof. So a lot of brands and people don't understand. I'm sure you went up against it too. Anytime you sell something online, you're like, okay, well, I'm pretty much going to lose. My information is going to get hacked, right? Like you're just immediately, but it's a social proof of like, okay, like this dude's put in work. He's with this company, right? It's like, that's how it works. Yeah. And I'll use an example from last week. I had, a, I was on shift. I got a phone call um, from a lady who wanted, and she told me she, I asked that lady for an experienced agent. I think she was talking about the person at realtor.com. <laughs> so she didn't really know who she was asking, but anyways, <laughs> so she, I, she's like, so how much experience do you have? And, you know, I, it's hard not to get a little bit hung up on that question when you've only been doing this for nine months. Right. But the reality is if the average agent, new agent does maybe five deals in their first year, and I've done three times that in three quarters of a year. You three I years have, experience. I have three years experience, right? Yeah. So in three quarters of a year. So I don't tell her I have three years worth of experience, but I tell her I have, I have more than enough experience to help navigate her through this market. And we also have the experience of my mentors. DJ and Lindsay, the brokers and the transaction coordinators who have done thousands of transactions. And so um, pretty, pretty much once you put it like that, there's nobody out there that wouldn't work with me or another agent on our team. Right. Which I think is obviously in their best interests, but just coming from the outside space, looking, I came from marketing just one, one-to-one -one agents, mm -hmm. right. Who hung it with, you know, other brokerages and we're, and I still talk to those people, like they're still great friends, but some of the things that they're just being guided to do I'm just like, no, that's just yeah. not it. Like, it's just a lot of time, a lot of money out of their own pockets wasted trying things and coming from someone who's tried things, not in real estate, but just tried things. Yeah, It's very frustrating, very discouraging, very, it's very easy to get to spend two minutes and have it snowball backwards yeah. then forwards. And I think that's what I love most about this place is, in a community where you're confined people who align themselves with the direction you want to go. Like you are not the only young father in here trying to build a family and build wealth. Right. Just not. Yeah. Right. And, and, and to your point, like if I wake up, let's say I wake up this, I woke up this morning and I just wasn't in the mood today, mm -hmm. which happens to people, right? Like right. You, you, you're not sure. in the mood every day to go in and do a, 50 or hundred phone calls and have all these conversations. It's yeah. a lot of work. And like, sometimes like maybe something didn't go right over the weekend. You lost an offer or two and you're just not, you're not feeling it Monday morning. Right. When I get in here and I feel the energy of everybody else in this office. And this is why like being here in the mornings, I think is so important. Like I feed off of that. Yeah. And I very quickly don't remember how I was feeling before. And I'm on the phones having good conversations and I've moved on. Like, yeah. So it's I'll, tough to do from home, right? You yeah. wake up at home, you kick your coffee at home, you got your sweats on, you got this. I mean, think about how people felt during quarantine and now paint that as your career. Like it sounds great until you're having one to 10 of those days back yeah. to back to back. Yeah. 
and it just day one gets to day two, day two turns into day five. And you're like, wow, I literally haven't done anything this whole week. Yep. I haven't talked to enough people. I mean, Tom Ferry goes on and on about it. He's like, if there's one thing you can do is just try and talk to as many people a day, yep. whether they're interested in buying real estate or you're just trying to introduce yourself and talk to them, yeah. let them know who you are, get interested in what they're doing, finding out more about just whatever it is and building that rapport. I think that's the biggest thing I've seen. I mean, I've sat in on some of Brett's classes. I'm sure you have been in them too. It's just like building the rapport over the phone with a cold internet lead is such a difficult thing to do. And we make it look so easy. You guys make it look so easy. Like I, I feel like I'm confident enough to pick up the phone and do it. I've never done it. So that's why I'm like, oh, I could do that. Same way people are like, I should have a podcast or I should have a television show. Yeah. And then they get in front of the camera like, I'm Todd, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, think about freeze. all the YouTube channels out there that don't go anywhere. Right. Yeah. Because it's people make it look so easy mm-hmm. and then people try and do it. And they're like, again, if it was easy, everybody would do it. And just, you know, I, I think there's a tremendous amount of credit to you guys because – yeah, you can walk in the door and make a ton of money, but you have to show up and do all those things, yep. which you were willing to do for your own company, and now you're willing to do for this company, and you're, you're, you're kind of in the rewards. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. Are you going to get back into the shoe game or what? <laughs> well, to be honest, I've, I've sold most of my collection at okay. this point. Um, I didn't want to keep moving 400 pairs of shoes every time I moved houses. And I also Fair. like, they just end up deteriorating over time. Right. And you can't wear them all. And right. That's I, so true. honestly, I just was ready to, to liquidate them and get rid of them. And right. um, so the collection's much smaller these days. I still love shoes. I still stay on the game. I still talk to my friends in the industry. Okay. Um, I don't know what the future holds in regards to that. Right. Um, certainly I would love to jump back in in some sort of way uh, in the future, maybe in some sort of investing in something or doing, right. like having some sort of, you know, foothold in that industry again. Right. Um, but I love what I'm doing now. And, and my focus is definitely on real estate at the moment. I love that. Yeah. DJ and I go back and forth all the time. I'm newly into sneakers, but I wanted to do, cause he has a pretty extensive collection. He's got the best stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I, I wanted to do kind of like our own within our channel, like our own kind of segment about it. And someone like you would be like a great a resource, but just another like relatability section of like, Hey, like let's hear from Jamie. I want to hear Jamie. Cause of course, DJ is going to explain it how he wants because it's his collections, why he bought it. Right. I want to hear it from somebody else who also has a love for it and is like, you know, where where would this shoe lie when it comes to maybe, you know, a, a lower level consumer or someone just, you know, I mean, like even just something as like the Travis Scott fragments, you know, like yeah. something, a $150 pair of shoe that when it dropped was totally achievable. It's now, you know, trades at like 2000 bucks, yeah. right? So like things like that would be really cool. I think it's another book club style discussion where you just want to let people in the door and just be like, Hey, like you might not have a community that you can talk to. I mean, discord and all those places. Sure. There's communities abundant now, mm-hmm. but it's more like it's, it's a human element, right? It's yeah. just what you're talking about. You're like, yeah, it's great to just like sit there and be a keyboard warrior. But like sometimes, yeah, maybe it is a zoom thing. Maybe it is a come in and hear thing, you know, just to get people in the door and make people feel included. I think this place does a great job of that in terms of real estate now, yeah. but I think we're trying to just make it more of like this community of just like hustlers. Yeah. Well, right? w- one cool thing that's happened in the sneaker culture is they've become way more accepted in, you know, work right. in workplaces. Right. Right. Um, when I first, certainly sometimes you really do, you have to make sure depending on who you're going to meet for that appointment, um, read the room, right? Yeah. But great. Um, I definitely have been kind of steering more back towards dressing like myself and putting sneakers on, right. and, uh, and 
I think it's helped me actually because I, I feel like myself and I feel more um, right. honest with the person that I'm working with because right. it, it's silly. It's just an outfit, right? But it, to me, it's not. So. Right. And as long as you don't take it too far to where you're showing up in like giant fear of God stuff that you're yeah, like, yeah, there's super casual way like that probably right. wouldn't fly in, in what I do, but right. um, definitely like I still get like even DJ, you know, DJ wears some cool pair of sneakers yeah. every single day and he has a hat on and it, right. it's his look and he's got, he's got sort of like a, um, like a, a swag, a uniform to almost, it. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. but it, but it really works for him. And I think like, once you're kind of known as that person that right. dresses this way, like people just expect it and they, and they right. respect your work. Not necessarily like, yeah. Plus anyone that knows shoes knows I'm wearing good shoes. So. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that, but also I think that confidence comes through over the phone too, because once you start to feel like yourself and you start doing business as yourself, right. That confidence carries over on the phone, which we then talk about, you know, an incoming cold lead and then, you know, bringing them to the closing table and servicing them. That comes through. If you're pretending to be someone you're not, at some point, chickens are going to come home to roost. You're going to just feel awful the whole time and either get burnt out or not find love in what you're doing every day, mm -hmm. be dragging yourself out of bed. And, you know, that's when that one day turns into five days, turns into 10 days. And you're like, wow, this was a terrible month for me because just trying to be something you're not, which like goes back to being on the internet. It's just like be yourself and just let your audience, like speak to the audience. They're there. There's people like you out there, right? They just have to find you. And I think everybody yeah. is up against that. They're like, want, again, want to be famous, want whatever it is, but it's just like, just do you let people latch on. If you're just true, it'll happen. And I think you coming in here and finally getting kind of like the, Hey, like, why don't you kind of like take over this Jack's book club thing? I mean, Matt said at first you were kind of like a little nervous about it, but like as soon as the discussion started rolling, it was just like, you were back in your element, just absolutely yeah. loving it. I mean, listen, public speaking, don't have a lot of experience doing it. Right, yeah. A whole bunch of new eyes in front of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I sweat a little bit at first, but, no, but got it under control yeah. and, went, and it made it, figured it out. And then moving forward, I don't think it's going to be a problem no, at all. No, I yeah. think, yeah, I think you're going to absolutely love it, especially because you are a reader and you have passion in making yourself better. And now, obviously, yeah. your why being your family. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, DJ's in the sneaker game, but he's heavily in the real estate game. So yep. I don't think you're in a terrible. I also think the, the, the sneaker game would be a lot more fun to be in once you're financially free well that helps yeah <laughs> so, i'm sure that that helps too yeah, yeah. I, that's like my focus is this i want to do right. this i want to invest in real estate owning shoes doesn't make me money i mean certainly yes you can flip shoes you can sell shoes that was never right. i sold shoes as, as a an actual store retail right i never did it as a resale thing other right. than my used ones that i was selling right um there's a lot of money to be made in reselling sneakers but good good luck getting your hands on them right. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's very true well anyway dude we absolutely love you appreciate you yeah. i appreciate you coming on we're stoked for you book club is i think you're gonna bring some new light to it. it's gonna be awesome yes all sir, right we'll talk we'll it. talk sneakers and nft soon all right um like and subscribe everywhere dj and Lindsay. you can follow jamie fowler your handle is like what at it's, it's jamie it's at jamie fowler with two underscores at the end bingo and uh again this podcast sponsored by audible we'll throw a link down in there and we'll throw a link down to the book so you guys can follow along in book club if you want appreciate you thanks a lot